Welcome to the journal.ie's The Explainer. I'm Aoife Barry, standing in for our usual presenter, Sinead O'Carroll, this week. It's mid-December, so you're probably gearing up for the Christmas festivities. There are presents to be bought, food to be prepped, and festive parties to attend. But you might also be wondering about your impact on the planet during this time of year. It's a time of full-on consumption, with a lot of pressure on people to spend, buy, and, well, do more spending and buying. All of the festivities can create a lot of waste. Think of that wrapping, the extra food that might go uneaten, the tree that you might not know how to dispose of. So, what if you want to make less of an impact on the environment this year and have a green Christmas? Is it even possible? We've been looking at this very subject for our Green Christmas series on thejournal.ie. And the series, including this podcast, is supported by Volvo, a car manufacturer which is pledged to be carbon neutral by 2040. So to discuss all things Green Christmas and more, I'm joined in studio by our thejournal.ie reporter Dominic McGrath and Pat Kane from Musi.ie, which is an online shop. You can tell us more about that in a bit, Pat. Before we kind of start chatting about all these things, green and sustainable, green Christmas, Dominic, I thought it might be handy for you to do a bit of a glossary for our listeners, because sometimes you can hear all these words and not actually know A, what they mean and B, if they mean anything at all. Do you want to start off maybe with the word green? Yeah, of course. So green really is everywhere. Um, Everyone's talking about going green, being green. Um, And it's kind of a catch-all term. It means a range of things. Simply put, it really is just being more conscious of your impact on the environment. Again, it's quite a broader term. There's actually maybe better terms that actually have more weight and more meaning. But again, it's more just being aware of what your impact is on the world around you. So when we say green here today, we're kind of talking about this overall view of basically like environmentally friendly. Exactly. Which we'll get to in a second. But before we get to that term, sustainable. You hear this word bandied about a lot. What does sustainable even exactly. mean? Exactly. So sustainable is probably the most, most important word. It's very much forward looking. It's very much sort of an active word. Um, it means a product or a practice that has, I guess, a positive environmental impact. It doesn't cause pollution, doesn't use too many resources. So again, it's trying to represent a way of living that is not causing too much damage to, I guess, the planet. So it's kind of the idea of the impact of what you're doing on on the planet around you. And then environmentally friendly. Can you be environmentally friendly? What is that? (laughs) Um, Again, it's one of those words that comes up a lot. Um, I would always just describe it as, again, you're simply not harming the planet. You are being very much aware of your actions and what they do. And it's one of those things I think can apply to products, to practices, to transport, even to food as well. Yeah, because a lot of these particular terms can refer to like human behavior, but also objects themselves. You know, it's all kind of connected. And then the final term, which I know Pat has an opinion on, so we'll get to that in a second. We were just chatting about it earlier, is zero waste. What do we mean by zero waste? Zero waste, as the name suggests, is about trying to, you know, create less waste and ensure really that nothing is sent to landfill that doesn't need to be sent to landfill. Um, It's more about prevention, really, than focusing on things like recycling. Um, It means focusing on reusing, on composting, and I guess refusing packaging and trying to not buy um, extra things you don't really need. Um, Proponents of zero waste lifestyle would probably agree that it really is impossible to live a zero waste life, that you don't have to cut everything out 100%. That would be, you know, very, very difficult. Um, But it's about looking at the simple things you can cut down on, such as having a reusable water bottle, buying unpackaged products, or really just 
aiming for reusable or compostable items in your daily life? Yeah, like sometimes you see people on Instagram, they'll say, I created this much waste during the year. And then they'll have a tiny little mason jar with like two things in it. But that's not necessarily what, you know, being zero waste or like aspiring to be zero waste has to mean. Now, Pat, you run the online store Reusey, which you describe as a minimal waste lifestyle shop. So would you not be a fan then of the term zero waste? Well, you know, I think each to their own. But uh, I find that zero waste can put people off. Like, I feel like my mission, my personal mission and my business is we're here because we want everybody to get on board. We want this thing to become mainstream. Sustainability is everybody's business. It's not a niche or, or a thing for scientists or for, you know, extremists. It's for everybody. It's great that if at the end of the year you can have a little mason jar filled with, as you said, two things, you know, and that's all your waste for the year. That's fab. But realistically speaking, the majority of people out there, they have their busy lives, they have kids, and this is a whole different ballgame. And it's very hard if we say to them, like, you have to be zero. Zero is kind of extreme. So I like to say, what areas, what can you do better? It's not about stopping what you're doing. It's finding better ways of doing that, you know. And it feels like this year in particular, we've really seen people talking about the idea of being green or zero waste or low waste. I mean, that's why in part we're doing the series, the Green Christmas series on the journal.ie, because our readers will always click into these articles. Dominic, are there particular things that happened this year, reports that came out that you think kind of led to this push of interest in a green Christmas? Yeah, so when you talk to people who are involved in sort of um, climate protests, climate activism, or even just in green businesses like Pat, there's kind of this, I guess, mixed message. So it's kind of like we all acknowledge that, you know, week after week, month after month, there's new reports, whether from the UN or the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and they warn about, you know, continued destruction of forests, intensive farming, use of fossil fuels. We're, you know, we're well aware of all these things that are really leading to a climate catastrophe. Um, but none of these things are particularly new. And in some ways, I think a lot of people talk about how the public has sort of, um, has become just aware suddenly. It's kind of this slow evolution that green issues really matter. So in the last year, you know, Greta Thunberg has become the face, the worldwide face really of the climate movement. Extinction Rebellion has caused, you know, huge attention and through their protests in cities in Dublin and yeah. London around the world. But I think it's kind of a, I mean, a slow, I think, evolution. Maybe Pat, you've thoughts on this, but I really think it's just everyone started to realize and think about it a little bit more. And it's been, I guess, year by year, gradual, incremental increase. I was going to say it's like a snowball, but actually in the terms of climate change, it's not a snowball gathering snow. It's probably a melting block of ice and that ice being the information that, that, that people have about climate change. Have you found that growth yourself uh, yeah. since you started your business? Yeah. Is it a very new business you set up? Like, have you a long period of time The to business compare? is now uh, almost 20 months. Okay. So we started May last year and um, we started based on my own experience. So as a customer, my experience had been very fragmented. You know, I've been on the journey journey towards a more sustainable life for a few years anyways. And uh, after I had kids, it became a bigger thing for me because I'm like, one, I have them, I need to leave a better world behind. And two, like, how do I reduce the amount of waste they generate? Because it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I set up the business and shortly after, yes, I've, I've seen these 
huge iceberg melting down, you know. And, <laughs> you call um, it a better metaphor. Yeah, that we're going to we're going to get there. <laughs> we'll get there. But yeah, which is great. I think a lot to do with the fact that news, like channels like yourselves, media vehicles like yourselves, have given the issue a bit more space. So you cannot go through, you know, newspapers or a website today without seeing it. Uh, there's always something on climate change, climate crisis, climate issues, whatever it is. So that's brilliant. But also, I think. Slowly but surely, people are getting more aware just of their own actions. It's getting to a point that everybody's like, my goodness, I drink three coffees a day. Is this okay? And obviously it's not. So over the past year, I can safely say things have changed dramatically in terms of awareness. It's very interesting to see it really kind of coming to a peak now or that's Mm. what it feels like for some people. So let's go to whether or not people listening can actually have a green Christmas because a lot of Christmas is about buying things. It's about consuming. It is the height of consumerism in many ways, as well as obviously all the religious elements that are going on there too. Um, So if people want to buy green, have a green Christmas as purchasers. Dominic, you've been looking at this. You, you have you have two pieces on the site about it. One about kind of general buying and one about online shopping. Mm. So when it comes to general buying of presents, can you be green at all? Yeah, I mean, it's becoming a lot easier than it would have been even a few years ago. Um, lots of stores like Pat's are cropping up. Um, so you've got those options there. I mean, there's loads of different products you can buy if you want to help people not just have a green Christmas, but actually, you know, a green 2020, yeah. 2021. So, you know, lots of products like bamboo toothbrushes, um, eco eggs, which are used as a replacement for washing powder, wax wraps are used as a replacement for cling film. So a lot of people talk about how it's not simply buying a present for the sake of it, it's actually making a change actively in someone's life. So that's kind of what a lot of the stores sell those kinds of products. And then, you know, obviously I wrote about online shopping and Online shopping always is a bit of a problem when you're talking about ethically, because it's very easy to avoid sort of the larger um, retailers like Amazon, for instance. That's quite a straightforward thing to do. But I think sometimes people are a bit, I guess, concerned about where else do I go? Um, And it does take a bit more work, but there are plenty of online sites out there. Um, It's just, I guess, um, be more conscious of who you're picking, who you're buying from, and being willing to, I think, think about you know, the air miles, where your product is flying from, where it's been shipped to, and that kind of thing. Of course, then, when you talk about online, you have to think, well, actually, am I not, should I not be supporting a local um, business, you know, a nice Irish business up on the high street? And that's also really important. So I think it's about trying to get that balance right. It's trying to say, what can I get in the high street? What can I get locally? And then maybe if I'm stuck, if I can't um, get it, if I'm not in Dublin or in a city, you know, what can I get online and what is the best thing um, to do in terms of the environment, in terms of my um, carbon footprint, etc. So, Pat, you sell online. There must be challenges then on selling products, knowing that you're kind of part of this online system, sending things in the post, packaging things. How do retailers like yourself deal with that, especially at Christmas when it's going to be very busy? Yeah, so... First and foremost, we have like, I love what Dominic said about, you know, shopping local, like if you can, even if you live in the countryside, there's always a wee market or someone making something locally. So support those people and a way it's a great way to introduce your friends or your family members to something that's more sustainable, like the beeswax wraps and all of that. That's fantastic. So at Reezy, what we do, uh, we focus on, as we like to say, um, packaging ASAP, which is as sustainable as possible, Uh okay? (laughs) So the idea is we pack with no plastic, 
if you want, you're going to receive your package and that whole package and the contents of it, you're going to take obviously your products out, but everything can be composted. Now, we can't really avoid the carbon emissions. So what we keep telling customers, and I think I mentioned that to you, Dominic, before, is the carpool of packages, meaning get together with your friends like, guys, I'm ordering from Reusey or from whatever. Anybody wants to order something because then we do one big order and it's one package and that's that done. And so a very big part of being green in terms of the conversation around climate change, around our impact on the world is what we eat. We do know about, um, you know, the impact of um, agriculture. We know about the impact of many other things on um, on the planet. But a lot of people definitely get focused on the idea of what they're going to eat and whether that will be a green thing. Christmas Day, traditionally for a lot of people, is about the turkey at the centre of the table. Um, are you talking about a turkey-free Christmas? Dominic, if you want to have a green Christmas. Yes, so... Um I've had a turkey for Christmas now for the last five, six years. So I talked to a lot of different people, a lot of different chefs, a lot of different cooks. And I think, you know, sometimes I think the challenge is more, I guess, psychological. But actually having a, a vegan or a more vegetarian Christmas, it's, it's actually really easy. Uh, when you think about it, you know, if you think of the, the wonderful plate, um, it's mostly vegetarian, it's mostly vegan even anyway. Um, and obviously the centerpiece is really important. And there's a few different tips if you do have someone who's vegetarian or you just want to experiment, whether that's Christmas Day or even Stephen's Day. Um, so a really good tip is something like, um, if you're more adventurous, seitan. It's like wheat gluten. It's really... Sounds very tasty. But, uh, <laughs> so good. It doesn't sound <laughs> is it though, great. Uh, is wheat gluten actually the, the turkey of the future? Um, I don't know about that, but it is actually... Um, it's very easy to use. It sounds really intimidating, so good. but it's really tasty, really flavorsome. So seitan steak is a big tip. But if you don't want to try wheat gluten, um, which, you know, that's fair. Um, there's also loads of different things. Mushrooms are really good. Great roasted um, cauliflower, another really good option. To be honest, anything roasted is it's always, always good. a good centerpiece. Um, really easy to do. A lot of people would recommend using a lot of cheese if someone isn't vegan. It has sort of um, unami kind of um, flavor, which is you know, what you really get from meat, what people are missing. So, I mean, if you're going to have a Christmas Day, be indulgent and cover something in cheese, roast it. And that's really perfect. That's, in my mind, better than any turkey, but not everyone would maybe agree. And the people you were talking to about this, I mean, were they saying like it is only, the, only a matter of turning a couple of things vegetarian or vegan if you want to have a more veggie friendly Christmas dinner that it's like I think in the in people's minds it's the whole thing has to be redone but mm. is it actually a case of only a few tweaks and you could make it a greener Christmas dinner than you anticipate? Exactly it really is um it as you said only a few tweaks um you know your the rest of your the veg the potatoes are all completely fine for anyone who's vegan vegetarian and really just throwing something roasting it in the oven and that's your main sort of dish is perfect. So there's really no need to um, upend the table mm -hmm. on Christmas Day, as it were, for someone who's vegetarian or vegan. It really is quite straightforward. Um, even desserts, a lot of the time, are quite straightforward. You can easily make um, a vegan Christmas pudding. I think it works quite well. I've never tried it, but I'm reliably informed by some chef that it mm -hmm. is. And I think um, I was told that um, certain cheaper mince pies are also vegan, which was a revelation to me. Yes, they probably um, use oil or, or some other fat rather than an animal. Exactly. Fat. So it's really, I guess, it's just important to stress that anything you do really isn't isn't that difficult. It really is all about making these sort of small changes, small efforts. And I don't want to say reaping big rewards, but you'd be surprised what you can actually cut out and still have a really enjoyable Christmas feast. 
is the keypad with you know having a green Christmas dinner if we move away from whether or not it's vegan or vegetarian is the key also like where your food comes from so that you might be having a dinner you might be having a big turkey at the centre of it and you might have your bacon in, in other parts of it or whatever but did you get that turkey from a farm down the road you know is that part of the whole discussion that people need to focus on too yeah absolutely like local and seasonal that's always no matter if it's Christmas or not you know we always should be looking at local and seasonal produce you might love spinach and you want organic spinach but it's not in season so you're seeing that's you know what the supermarkets out there and it's great but that's not local possibly it's coming from some far away country I don't know so definitely keep it local and keep it seasonal uh, two very important tips. So maybe people don't need to get as hung up on the meat aspect as they do on the kind of provenance of what they're actually eating, if that's a step maybe too far for, for mm. some of our listeners. So we'll we'll go quickly on to two other elements of Christmas. One is wrapping paper. This is something that people are quite obsessed with this year. And I think for good reason, because we throw out wrapping paper in, uh, in its droves by the ton, but there are many other ways to actually wrap your present. Dominic, you had a, had a look at some ways to wrap your presents that don't involve these big cards cardboard tubes of wrapping paper. Yeah, when you think about wrapping paper, it is kind of a weird thing that we just buy things to throw it away. Throw it away, like two seconds later. It really is crazy. But um, now for the really, I guess, uh, I'm going to say Scrooge, maybe, you don't have to wrap it at all. That might be too radical for a lot of people. Um, So there are plenty of other options. Now, I'm sure Pat has plenty of ideas. I would always be in favour of, as a journalist, wrapping it in newspaper. Um, it's always quite nice. Print out the journal.e articles. Exactly, and yeah, that's that. yeah. the last thing to recommend. Don't do that. Don't but do that. Um, if you do buy other other Irish newspapers um, are available, um, you can use those. It's really nice. You're not wasting paper. And it's just that's a little bit different, a little bit somewhat, say, cool. Yeah, so my favourite ideas are is basically to use what you have at home. So if it's a gift bag, if it's newspaper or magazines, you know, like it's actually really cool. All you need is a bit of twine, maybe a few pine cones that you can go out and get it literally outside you know a twig of rosemary it's always a winner people are like oh my god so fancy and you're like yeah it is Uh, but it's not it's just so simple it's organic it's you can use on your potatoes later or you can just (laughs) compost you know so keep it simple do what you can with what you have at home but if you have to find wrapping paper etc I always say can you maybe use brown paper and then use a few stamps or get the kids to draw on it you know people love when they when you say oh the kids drew it for you although they will rip it and you know that won't matter in two minutes still it's a very nice touch if you have if you really want to do something so brown paper decorated will do the job just as nice as any other wrapping paper would and i would absolutely stand stay away from anything that contains glitter or foil because that's plastic and we cannot recycle that sort of paper so people say oh but i already have that at home it's like can you keep it keep it in your you know at home um but like definitely stay away from all these plasticky bits. So the more natural materials can either be composted or recycled. Correct. And I'm presuming the aim is to be composted or reused ahead of being put into the recycling system Absolutely. because of the energy and everything exactly. in, in, involved there. So let's go from wrapping to the Christmas tree. This is the age old kind of question in terms of people's taste. Do they like a fake tree which they can take out of the cupboard year after year? 
you know, they don't have to go searching for a real tree or do they go for a real tree which smells amazing, costs money, sheds all over your living room, but, you know, does give you that Christmassy feeling. However, when we transfer that into the green Christmas conversation, it becomes even more loaded. Dominic, what did you find out about Christmas trees, fake or real? What's better? What's yeah. worse? Are they both bad? Well, um, it's actually sort of both complicated and quite straightforward. Like everything, I suppose, Basically, to do with this discussion. <laughs> so I was quite curious when I was writing this piece because I've actually never had uh, a real tree um, so it's always sort of fake tree. Um, my parents' choice, not mine. Um, don't blame me. But um, so the, to go, I guess, to the sort of complicated bit, you really want to look for, if you're about a real tree, which is seen to be by sort of um, botanists and sort of sustainable experts, that is the most, that is the best thing for the environment. But you can't just buy sort of any old tree in some ways. You want to buy one local because you don't want to be traveling across the country um, to get it. But also you want one that is sort of grown sustainable sort of forest management. Um, you're making sure that there are, you know, you're planting more trees um, to sort of replace the trees that are grown. It's kind of a year-round kind of process. And the government have a campaign to, to encourage that and try and get the message out there that there is a lot of um, sustainable sort of tree growing um, in Ireland for Christmas. Um, so that's a really important sort of do a little bit of research. Now, you don't need to do too much. There's about 100, I think, over 100 sort of... Um, places to buy Christmas trees across the country. Most of those are very much into sustainable practices. So it's not that difficult, not that arduous. But just, you know, when you are buying real Christmas trees, do you check, do you ask, you know, make sure that they're, they are sort of the best sort of kinds of trees. Now, I think they're the best to recommend are noble firs and the lodgepole pine. And we grow them both here in Ireland, don't we? Yes, indeed. And they are the best in terms of uh, avoiding needles and shedding and that kind of thing. Now, the thing with fake trees is just, don't buy them. Um, there really is no way around it. If you have one, yeah. Um, keep using it forever. Keep using it forever. Um, and even then, it's still not great. I think there's sort of some calculations out there of what you can offset. I think if you keep it for 20 years, you might be making some kind of difference, some kind of dent in that carbon footprint. But again, these fake trees often flown halfway across the world, often from China. They're made of plastic and all kinds of nasty things. So just don't buy fake trees anymore, um, which is... Yeah, not great for me personally, but um, real trees are the way to go. And obviously a real tree will break down in nature. So you want to make sure that you're actually disposing of that yeah. or composting it, which could be another question for people too. How do they find a way of actually carefully disposing yeah. of the tree? Pat, would you have any tips on that? So just unbind the real Christmas tree. One very important point to remember that they wrap the tree, the real tree in plastic and on a net, right? So you can bring your own rope and ask them like, don't do that, you know, because that ball of plastic at the end of the day, like the, the netting will be this big ball of plastic that can't be recycled. And then when it comes to like, just like end of its life, usually you find lots of signs around town where the government, they will make available these big, I suppose, machines where they shred your trees to not, nothing. And then, of course, they'll go back into nature and that's perfectly fine. Now, on the fake tree, I would say if you have, like, don't go crazy and don't throw it away now just because you think it's not sustainable. Keep using it. I mean, your, you know, your work, Pat, is really around trying to encourage people to have a, a more sustainable life in an easier way. Um, wrapping up after kind of talking about all of this, um, for some people, it might seem like a lot of work, but work that, you know, you, you believe is obviously good for the planet good for tackling climate change etc is it ever tough though seeing you know you're making a lot of changes but around you you might be surrounded by a world where people aren't making many changes at all but it kind of kind of have those moments where you're like why, why am I doing this 
Yeah, I stopped asking myself, why am I doing this? And I just keep going because I think that's what we should, you know, you need to look at yourselves. Like you can't really change the policies in China or somewhere in America and all of these major countries. You can't. So what can you do? You can, you know, do, do the best you can. And that's the best you can do. So I absolutely don't ask this question anymore. Don't ask myself that. And I just keep going because I know like, you know, we are all different, but we can all make different bits to, to create a better world. And that's the idea at the end of the day. Great. And so both of you, I mean, Dominic, based on your reporting and Pat, based on your business and your real life experience, do you feel like green Christmases are going to start getting even greener in Ireland? This isn't a phase that's going to end before 2020 December? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think, you know, we've seen the last year of strikes, protests, the governments around the world have put more effort into sort of green messaging. Um, and that's only going to continue. I really do think people are interested, they're engaged, especially younger people. And I think they're really putting pressure on their parents and friends to really think about it and be more conscious of what they're doing with their lives. So I really think it's here to stay. Yeah, this is definitely not a trend, a fad. People come in sometimes and they say, oh, this is such a big trend now. And I was like, it's actually here to stay. So, you know, gifting with purpose and like looking for ethical gifts and things that people actually use instead of one more pair of socks, one more scarf, you know, things that you're like, oh, just get her something because we need to get. It's not. People are like, what can I get this person that is actually you know, nice because people still want beautiful and nice things, but like that will be useful and will not permanently damage damage our our planet. Well, on that note, Pat and Dominic, thank you both very much thank for being you. on the Explainer to talk about Green Christmas. Thank you for listening to the Explainer, and a big thank you to Dominic McGrath and Pat Kane. This episode is part of our Green Christmas series, which is supported by Volvo. I'm Aoife Barry, standing in for Sinead O'Carroll. This episode was executive produced by Christine Bowen and produced by me. Our assistant producer was Nikki Ryan. Over the Christmas break is the perfect time to catch up with all our other Explainer episodes. We've covered topics ranging from the Prince Andrew scandal to antibiotic resistance, and we've also covered some of 2019's most high-profile trials. And if you fancy it, you can rate and review us after having a listen, or at the very least tell a family member at the Christmas dinner table. We won't be taking a Christmas break though, so we'll see you back at The Explainer next week.